Welcome to a podcast from The Edge. I'm absolutely fine, but mini. Five minutes broadcast live from The Edge, the brink, the overwhelm, the vortex, <laughs> slips into your feed every Friday. Not that Friday feeling, but rather all the fucking feelings. All the fucking feelings. Just to let you know that this week is nearly over and there's only one more week to go before you have to get through the next week. Oh God, here we go. Here we go. Hi everyone, I'm Emily and I'm absolutely fine because she's back. Yes, Annabelle, after her two-week recovery period, which is now known as the... The languishing. <laughs> she's back, she's here, um, and I'm very pleased to see you. Oh, well, thanks. I mean, I was really looking forward to the languishing. We we get people writing to us every now and again, don't we, saying, I would just love to be hospitalised for a bit. <laughs> nothing serious, nothing, <laughs> nothing life-threatening, but just so I could be left alone. Well, I took people's advice and I made sure I was really really left alone like you know the doctor everyone saying you must take this recovery seriously take it seriously the healing the healing god I was left alone turns out it is possible to be left too alone uh, you languished too well I languished too hard <laughs> my mind slightly started closing in on itself anyway here I am such as I am how are you I'm Annabelle and I'm absolutely fine but someone said to me uh, the other day oh I love your podcast I just pop it on and it sends me straight to sleep. <laughs> it's, such a, it's such a backhanded compliment. Obviously, it's meant as a full compliment because we all know how obsessed with sleep and lack of and how hard it is to sleep. It is a backhanded compliment. It's the sort of thing my mother would say. <laughs> yes, like, you look nice for once. Yes, exactly. Your hair's much better now. But I mean, Em, you're quite right because recently we posted on our grid on Instagram a call for the best advice that you all had in four words only. And almost all of it said, go back to bed. Yeah, or time for a nap, basically. Yes, or, you know, <laughs> do get some rest. <laughs> I do get some rest is so annoying. Obsessed, obsessed. Well, no, I tell you what I do find annoying is when, is when I read endless articles about how important sleep is yes. and how without eight hours a night, I'll be shortening my life, increasing my risk of heart disease, cancers, you know, Alzheimer's. But if you can't sleep and you've tried all the lavender and the meditation and the this and the that and the melatonin, then you can't sleep. Hence, I think probably the obsession with going back to bed and naps, the napportunity, sees every napportunity as we know, right? <laughs> Absolutely. Anyway, there was some brilliant advice yeah, you guys from the brilliant. community. Exactly. And I highly recommend going to look at the 5,000 messages that we got. But we pulled out a few that we really liked. One of my favourites came from uh, Suzanne Duckett, who said, I charge for that. Which is incredibly good advice. Well, it is. And I suppose one thinks that that sort of applies just to freelancers. And I know that certainly when I'm consulting and someone wants to have a nice lunch and will say, oh, so what do you think about our entire storytelling strategy for the next year? And I will find myself saying, I have some ideas about that. And then being really internally strict with myself, like a sort of, sort of, you know, mental Kegel exercise, <laughs> not to be, you know, incontinent with how I think I can help because yes. I charge for that. But it's yes. the same, you know, I think a lot of people are finding that their salary is not expanding, but their scope of works is exponentially expanding. Absolutely. And so you have to think to yourself, mm -mm -mm -mm, I charge for that because in a way, you know, what you're worth, all this, I'm worth it, sure. But really, your worth is not empiric. It's what you decide it's going to be and what someone decides they're going to pay, right? A bit yeah. like crazy housing market. A house is sort of worth what people are prepared to pay for it. Yeah. So I think we need to think, I charge for that, not in a prostitute way, maybe in a prostitute way. No judgment here. No, absolutely not. You know, get paid for what you do. Get paid for what you do and get paid appropriately for what you do. Yeah. 
in, a, in an inappropriate way if necessary. Yeah. Samantha DeVoe brilliantly said on Instagram, arrange your alibi first. I think this is genius because it's applicable to so many things mm-hmm. as well as sort of crime. Because basically it's sort out your exit plan, sort out your cancellation plan, your saying no plan, which we all know we need. If you are about to go somewhere and you have that sense that you're going to be an asshole, I get this strongly sometimes. <laughs> Emily, you probably don't. Then maybe just make sure that you have something on the tip of your brain, the tip of your tongue, where you can say that something annoying, semi-tragic even, happened to you that day and therefore released your inner asshole or released your inner weirdo and really you had no control it was beyond your it's beyond my control i love the idea of creating a kind of backstory to kind of generate sympathy basically mm. like well the reason i i was an arsehole is because you know my cat died yeah two years ago but you know <laughs> a sympathy exactly. alibi i completely agree this is an advertisement from better help therapy online now you guys know that we're not shy about getting things off our chest the tiny inconveniences that can ruin our days to the big overwhelming worries that can flood our nights Trouble is, we all got into the habit of saying, I'm absolutely fine. Emily and I added the but specifically to get off autopilot and give ourselves the space to say what we were really experiencing. But we weren't always so free with our inner furies. A few years ago, I began experiencing debilitating panic attacks because I felt I couldn't tell anyone all the things that I was feeling, that I was not coping, that I felt like a failure. I was so ashamed, so I kept it all bottled inside. And of course, it started leaking out. It was only when I found a therapist and began sharing those doubts and insecurities with her that the panic began to dissipate. Because therapy can be a safe space to get things off your chest and to figure out how to work through whatever's weighing you down. So if you're thinking of starting therapy, why not give BetterHelp a try? It's entirely online, designed to be convenient, flexible and suited to your schedule. Just fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a registered therapist and switch therapists anytime for no additional charge. With over a thousand therapists in the UK already, BetterHelp can provide access to mental health professionals with a wide variety of expertise. And our listeners get 10% off their first month at betterhelp.com slash midalt. That's better. H-E-L-P dot com slash midalt. Better help, because sometimes the best thing to do is acknowledge that we are not, in fact, absolutely fine. Um, Now, we had a lot of good advice about kind of, you know, protecting one's mental health. And one of the things that people say is stop watching the news. Yeah, stop watching the news. Complicated that because... Obviously, the news is deeply damaging to our mental health at the best of times. And now, I mean, it's it's hard. But I I mean, I don't have the answer to this. But how do we strike the balance between it being a dereliction of duty and turning away from things that are going on in the world when we're in this very privileged position of being safe for now, I would always say. Well, I think actually Mark Langley came up with the best solution to this as a companion, which is care about both sides. Yeah. So if you're going to watch the news, watch both sides. Mm. So you're not, you know, forced into that position of kind of, you know, opposition all the time, which is so destructive. But and also thinking about what is going on. Care about both sides is true in any kind of personal conflict as well, is it? That's what conflict resolution really is, is seeing the point of view. What's it called now? There's a new word for conflict Restorative resolution. Restorative justice. Restorative justice, whether it's with your husband, your sister, your dog, (laughs) try and see their point of view is what Mark Langley said. I mean, that's hard when you're inflamed, hormonal, you know, exhausted and hungry, but... And sleep deprived. Oh, you've said exhausted. Well, exactly. (laughs) I missed it. Yeah, because I know because it's white noise now. (laughs) Too too tired to listen and so bored of of, of the sleep deprivation narrative. But yeah, you know, care about both sides. Susanna Taylor... Her advice was, and this struck a chord with me, buy some new underwear. Why is it so hard 
to spend what little money we have on knickers. I remember when I was younger and I, people would say, oh, when I, when I wear nice underwear, I feel like a different woman. And I'd think, oh, that's so trite. I completely understand now. And yet I was looking at some knickers yesterday. They were 15 quid or something. I thought, well, I can't spend 15 pounds on a pair of pants. But actually, you know, if we think about cost per wear... Yes, which we're always talking about. They'll earn their keep. And also, <laughs> the fucking grocery shop, you know, my laundry the detergent costs, let alone the dishwasher tablets. Yes, I know. My dog is eating, like, the most amazingly expensive dog food, and I'm still... I, well, I don't even want to think about the state of my underwear right now. Shredded. <laughs> exactly. I did that thing the other day, you know, that when you hike up your knickers and you immediately put your thumb through the side. Yes, I know. And did I nice. throw it away? No, I did not. No. And you just have to just love them a bit harder. Yeah. Anyway, if anybody is in the market for some underwear, we have a discount at Stripe and Stare, which is a brand that we absolutely adore, Midult 20. Midult 20 at checkout. Most comfortable pants in the universe and fully biodegradable. You bury them and they like grow a tree or something. I don't know, but they're made of bamboo or something similar. Yeah, highly recommend. Um, never reply to surveys, says Julia Harding. You know that thing when you're holding on for the bank or the insurance or whatever, the interminable holding pattern. And they say, you know, after this call, we may contact you to complete a survey for our customer service. Would you be willing to respond? And I always say no. But then I worry that they're going to put me to the back of the queue for being, you know, unhelpful. Oh, yes, of course. And say, no, 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 not this one. We think she's going to be a negative person. We'll Mm. just keep her in this sort of cyber loop forever. What do you do as a compulsive helper? Well, actually, funnily enough, I had some really good service from EDF the other day. And I got a very sweet email from the woman who helped me saying, could you give me a good review? And I went on to kind of trust pilot fucking hell. And I did it. And then I got an email back from EDF saying, thank you for your positive review. And I felt like I was in this loop where Mm. I almost wanted to email them, go back and go, thank Mm. you for your good service. And I thought this is insane. So I think actually Julia Harding is right. One should never reply to surveys, good or bad. Yeah, just make it a, a, rule, a rule of law. Yes, exactly. Craig Freeman said, this is something we know, but something we need to remind ourselves of. Find the kind people. Yes. And I don't know that so much going out into the world and actively seeking the sort of kind people. Like, I'm not sure how that would work. But I do think that if there's even a hint that someone, a man, a woman, a dog, anyone is unkind, yes, then I think we need to listen and step away because you can't make someone kind. You can't kind of enter that battle and then win. No. Oh, they are now kind. That's not going to happen. You're just going to do yourself damage in the process. Also, it is quite hard to find the kind people in the sense that if you, someone is advertising their kindness, you can guarantee that it's dodgy. Yes, it's like when someone <laughs> says, I'm so loyal and you know they're not to be trusted. <laughs> Exactly. Or I'm very complicated and you know they're a little bit stupid. I'm so kind and you immediately think, oh, yeah. Okay. Uh, okay. And then, you know, another one. Well, I think we should end on this. Laura Bradley said, she just said, try not to worry. It's so nice that, isn't it? Well, it's true. I mean, someone once said, didn't they, that worrying is like betting against yourself. Oh. But the thing is about worry is it. Hi, my name is Kay Adams, and to be honest, I'm not so good with the ageing process, so I enlisted my old chum, the filter-free Cara McKenzie, to advise. Could you imagine being a porn star? The room would need to be really hot for me to strip (laughs) off. To be honest, she's not much help, but she is rather amusing. And along with some great guests, Joe Brand, Andy Oliver, Anton Dubeck, Ruth Langsford and Craig Revel-Horwood, darling, we are learning how to be 60. Listen wherever you get your podcasts.